It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. you're listening to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we're going to review the tragedy of Macbeth. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And we also love that you're listening to this episode, so please hit follow while you're here. We'd really appreciate it. So the tragedy of Macbeth follows a Scottish lord's descent into madness after he becomes convinced by a trio of witches that he will become the next king of Scotland. His ambitious wife supports him in his plans for seizing power. The tragedy of Macbeth is written and directed by Joel Cohen, based on the classic play by William Shakespeare. It stars the amazing Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand, equally amazing, Alex Hassel, Bertie Carvel, Brendan Gleeson, Corey Hawkins and Harry Melling. I feel like this podcast is all Mm. about me and my little confessions. What's your confession? So my confession for this episode is that I've never seen an adaptation of Macbeth. Not even Kenneth Branagh's? Nothing. Not on stage, not on screen until I've seen this one. Joel Cohen's Macbeth. <laughs> Did you not study it in school? No, I didn't. Wow. What's your relationship with this play? Well, yeah, I studied it in school. I mean, I didn't love it. When you're in school, nobody wants to study Shakespeare. No. Uh, it can become dull, especially if you, you know, forced to dissect the language in English class. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I haven't been energised by Shakespeare like this since Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet 25 wow. years ago. So you've seen Romeo and Juliet. Of course I have. Yes, well, that's yes, an adaptation yes. of Shakespeare. Oh. Wait, this episode would end. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So no, I've absolutely seen Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. So wow, this has really left a mark on you. Oh, amazing. It was. I loved it so much. We'll talk about it. Let's talk yeah. about it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> So, Cohen, who is obviously known as one half of the famous Cohen brothers, mm. who did The Big Lebowski, Hail Caesar, Fargo, 
burn after reading. We're familiar with all their yes, their work. Incredible work. Um, and they're both sometimes known as the two-headed director because they work so closely <laughs> together. <laughs> so cool. But this is the first time that Cohen has directed on his own and he hasn't modernised the story per se, but the dialogue is a little simplified from the text of Shakespeare and the delivery is undoubtedly slightly more modern. Yeah. But it's still inherently Shakespeare. Inherently Shakespeare. And it would be a, a sad loss if that was removed too much yeah. because the text to source material is so rich. But just to build on the fact mm. that Joel is his first solo outing. Yes. Isn't that wild? I mean, obviously yes. him and his brother Ethan have a bloody good thing going. There's yeah. a couple of Oscars between them over yeah. the decades. But this feels like just night and day in terms of a different type of film that yes. he's ever encountered. One, it ain't a Western. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it proves that he can jump into a very, very different challenging genre that mm. is Shakespeare and adapting it to the screen. And I'm just so glad that he took on this project. Mm, it's such an impressive result. Mm. And, oh, God, I just can't stop talking about how much I loved it. <laughs> okay. I guess to touch on the story, just to encapsulate yeah. what kind of happened. So at the very beginning of the film, three witches that Macbeth encounters, you know, they prophesy that Macbeth will be promoted twice. First mm. to the Thane of Cawdor and King of Scotland. But of course, with every prophecy mm-hmm. uh, where you're told this is how it's going to happen, there are a few caveats thrown in there too, yes. which he has to uh, endure as <laughs> the story yes. continues. I'm glad you described that because I guess there's probably a lot of people who aren't familiar with the story, might be familiar with the name Macbeth, but don't really know yeah. what the story's about. Well, even though I'd never read the play, watched it on stage mm. or seen any other adaptations on screen, it still felt very familiar to me mm-hmm. because there are so many iconic moments from the Macbeth story that are referenced in pop culture Mm -hmm. that I've just come to learn naturally through osmosis. So despite me having no real direct, tangible relationship with the story, I knew exactly what was going on. It was a very weird experience. So you knew what was going on. Did you follow the language? Okay, so I guess the first maybe quarter of the film, I did find it hard to grapple with the language. Mm. But of course... Things transpire and it makes sense. And through the context of the Mm. conversations happening, I kind of found myself darting back to things that were said or experienced earlier on in the film and it just Mm. the puzzle came together for me. So Cohen has done a really good job of translating such a heavy old world text into a modern way without really modernising it. No, I found it very accessible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't miss really with two of the greatest actors of their generation playing opposite each other. Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand. As soon as I heard about this movie with the two of them in it, I just knew it was going to be fantastic. Oh my goodness. What a pair to see yes. on screen. I should know this, but have we seen them act alongside each other before? I was going to ask you that. I don't mm. know. I don't think so. Well, I want to see it again and again, to be honest. Let's start with Denzel, obviously playing the titular character, Macbeth. Mm. He held his own so mm. strongly. He carried the complexities and crescendos of the downfall mm. of Macbeth perfectly. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. And then Frances McDormand as his scheming wife, Lady Macbeth. She's just brilliant. I can't, can't even put it into words. Like, okay, there's, we'll talk about the, how the film was shot just a little bit later, but 
Joel, obviously, I mean, it's his wife, right? Of course. They've worked on nine projects together now, but the, the close-ups loved her. Oh, Like yes. her nuances in her face, her expressions, her eyes tell everything you need. She doesn't mm. even need to open up her mouth no. for the Shakespearean words to come out. She is just a masterful actor. Yep. And there are a couple of moments where you see that no-nonsense charm that McDormand brings to any role that mm. she does and – it's a more modern delivery, as I said, but also in keeping with the character. Yeah. You know, there's this one section where she throws her arms up exasperated and was like, well, we fail. That's a very Frances McDormand yes, thing to do. But it was delivered with such artistry and in this language, it's just beautiful. Her Lady Macbeth is so fierce, mm-hmm. so direct and stern and in control until she is not. Yes. And I loved following that that character arc yes, of they, Lady Macbeth. They both spiral into this descent of madness and... Oh. Paranoia. Yes. Yeah. There's and one this, scene where Lady Macbeth is sleepwalking. Oh, beautiful. And I got chills. I've got chills now. Yeah, like Popcorn her, podcast chills are back. <laughs> so her lady-in-waiting or maid or whatever you want to call it is explaining to the doctor that she goes walking at night and she's Mm. muttering to herself and revealing things that she shouldn't be revealing. And then she just turns and looks at her. So they think she's sleepwalking, but she turns and looks directly at them. And in turn, she looked directly at us. And didn't that cut through the screen? Chills. Goodness gracious. Okay, do you believe us that Denzel and McDormand were fantastic in this movie? They were brilliant, my goodness. All the performances were standouts, Lee. Yes. But it just has to be Catherine Hunter, who played the three witches for me, that Mm. was just above and beyond. Like her physicality, her voice and her presence was without peer. Yeah. She will have an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress. I'm calling it right here, right now. Amazing. Yeah. We can't go past talking about the costumes. Yeah. I really want to talk about the costumes because they're so simple. In keeping with the period, but also such incredible detail. Yeah. From the stitching to the design. You need to be able to see that detail on black and white because you don't have the crux of beautiful fabric colours to impress you. But yeah. it's just amazing. The The craftsmanship was incredible. And just to explain, the whole film is mm-hmm. shot in black and white. Oh, we didn't really say that, did we? No, yeah, no. and that's a very unique visual stamp that this film owns yes. from top to bottom. And we have our review of the French Dispatch, which mm-hmm. toggles between black and white and colour for, for its mm-hmm. own reasons. And again, you know, that, that challenge of filming something in black and white and getting all the textures and the tones yes. and the costumes is something that both films achieve, you yes. know, to dizzy heights. And it's just gorgeously shot and lit oh, too. God. So Bruno Del Bonnell is the director of photography and didn't he just do an amazing job from the way things are framed? And I know that comes down to Joel Cohen as well. Of course, but it's a collaboration. Yes. But there's like a forced perspective that happens in the way they've framed the shots. Yeah. Using the architecture and the sets, which is also incredible. Like, where do we start with this? There's so much to unpack here. I mean, how about we start with the fact that they shot the whole film on sound stages? Yes. So there was very controlled environment. And Mm. wouldn't you say that it almost felt like, although it was incredibly cinematic, Mm it also felt like it was being pulled from a from a stage. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. It's like a play brought to the screen and that's not a bad thing. It's it's amazing. Yeah. There's not much depth to the sets, mm. but they're architecturally beautiful. 
Like there's curtains, there's shadows, silhouettes, lots of mm. angles and lines. Columns and archways. And yeah. Mm. And I mean, there's this stunning scene. I mean, heck, there's so many of them. Mm. But when Macbeth is walking down the corridor yes. and the light just keeps going on his face and off his face, on mm. his face, off his face as he walks past these pillars. Mm. It's just so beautifully framed in that perspective. And that's giving you an insight into his psyche too, that he's oh. he's determined but then he's also faltering. He's determined, yes. he's faltering. You know, yeah. he's got this task to do. He has to go and kill the king and he's not sure if he should do it but he knows he has to do it but mm. he's not sure. And as he walks down the hall, I bet he's just switching between those two as he walks. Well, because Macbeth almost flicks a switch where he's deeply paranoid about what he's done despite yeah. having plotted with his wife mm. to kill the king, you know, and she was very steadfast about it. Mm. He came to her with it. She took over the situation yeah. and then he's like, uh-oh. And it's just a fan. Yeah. Obviously, it's told much more eloquently than that <laughs> through the language <laughs> of Shakespeare. But there was one thing that really stood out for me. It's more encapsulating the use of black and white, but it's clearly monochrome but still mm. so beautiful. Yes. Still so beautiful. As you said before, texture. Yes. There's angles in the architecture. Mm. So, it's, it's, I mean, Macbeth is a very harsh play. Mm-hmm. It's about a descent into madness. You yeah. know, this man unravelling and his wife unravelling and, and his kingdom crumbling, mm. basically. And you see that in the sets. Like, it's so sparse, too. Yes. Like, where they live, it's not homely. No. It's this cold castle that matches up with their calculating personalities. Oh, I love that. It's like someone throw down a rug, make it a little more homely. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to happen here. But it's all weaving together so perfectly from the cinematography, from the sets, the production design, the performances. It is marrying into this just absolutely masterful filmmaking creation. Yeah. And also to build on the way that they tell the story, there's a couple of sword fights. Yes. And I just loved the way that they were all choreographed against the beautiful angular sets and the lighting and everything. And the climax of the film is utter perfection. I gasped, I think. Yes. Yeah. Did you hear me do that? It's so well done. (laughs) Guys, you have to see this film. 100%. Another technique they used was a lot of close-ups. Okay. And because it was done in the black and white – there's almost this glossy lens that they've used that is reminiscent of old Hollywood. You know, there's a sheen to the close-ups. Did you notice that? That is so perfectly put. You know, in my notes, I put glowing. Mm. It felt like it it glowed on the horizon and things. But yes, felt old Hollywood. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah. All right, Lee, I think someone's going to have to pull the chair from under us so we can wrap up this film because we're just going to gloat and gloat about it. If we haven't convinced you to go and see it, then we haven't done our job. All right, Lee, let's wrap up our take on The Tragedy of Macbeth. So Joel Cohen's The Tragedy of Macbeth is a deceptively simple take on a classic piece of literature, but there is such detail in the simplicity paired with wonderful performances among beautiful sets highlighted by stunning cinematography and breathtaking lighting. It's filmmaking perfection to me And I'm going to give it five popcorn kernels out of five Wow Lee, sensational So the tragedy of Macbeth is absolutely captivating It is a stunning adaptation with masterful cinematography Direction, set design and of course performances I'd love to see Joel Cohen tackle another Shakespeare Because I feel he has not yet done in this space 
No matter your relationship with the source material, be it studied in high school or otherwise, this film offers a stunning example of cinematic perfection for all to enjoy. I'm going to rate The Tragedy of Macbeth four and a half popcorn kernels. Well said, Tim. The Tragedy of Macbeth is in Australian cinemas from December 26 and then it will be on Apple TV Plus from January 14 with a subscription to the service. All right, guys. As always, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Come and join in the conversation. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.